Are you ready? Welcome to the Think Millions podcast, a channel where you get an unfiltered, raw, and authentic conversation about the challenges of being an entrepreneur and tips and tricks on how you can scale your business to the next level. If you are looking to scale your business, then you're in the right place. Introducing our host, Alexa Diagostino. Welcome to the Think Millions podcast, a podcast where you have real entrepreneurs coming live every week, giving you real strategies that they're using in their in their own business to scale to millions. So today we're going to talk about customer retention and we're going to talk about the one-on-one and why it's so important and how to win at the customer acquisition and retention battle in style, okay? Because everything we do at the Think is in style, right guys? Oh yeah. I guess I should say ladies. Really? (laughs) Real time. It's real time stuff that's happening in our business. We're style style setters. I mean, we are, but you know, we're coming live every week, giving you guys real tips and tricks on what we're actually doing in our business. And I think that's really important to note. This is not just heretical shit. This is real shit. This is stuff we see in our clients' businesses and our businesses. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's a few ways to make money as a business owner. One, you increase your prices. Two, you get more customers. Or three, you charge more. And those are the three ways. And nobody ever talks about the fourth way, which is you keep your people and that's retention. And you get more money out of the people that are already in your pipeline. So a lot of people talk about the first three things and not many people talk about the fourth, which I think is one of the most important. I would say we're pretty damn good at retention. We're not perfect. We've definitely lost a few clients. And Tani and I actually did a podcast a while ago on why we fired a client. If, if you remember too, we've gone through our ebbs and flows on the coaching side and the agency side of retention. I would say we're better on retention actually on the agency side than we are the coaching. And I have philosophy and thoughts on the coaching side, but I feel we've gotten much better at retention on the agency side, though we haven't really lost many clients. One went bankrupt because the CFO was stealing for money. The other, the, the girl just was the worst to work with. So we had to fire her. She was literally just the nastiest person I've ever worked with in my life. And life is too short for that. Another just sold, is selling his business. So like, that's a great thing. We almost did too good of a job, right? So I would say on the agency side, we're really, really good. Our retention on the coaching side is pretty damn good. At one point, it was like 83%. It's come down to more in the 60s right now. And a lot of that is we actually let go of a few clients because we were too busy on the agency side. And as we scaled up, our prices went up and they were kind of grandfathered in and it just wasn't worth our time anymore. I think when I think about the process of attracting and converting new clients versus retaining clients, they are different strategies. And the reality is that clients within the first 12 days, 14 days of being with you determine whether or not they like you or not. And so one of the things that I am very impressed with us and what we've done very well is we've created a really robust onboarding process. And I have to give Tanya a lot of credit for that. And to me, that's the first step. Like the first step is the onboarding process and making sure you have a full onboard of what this client needs and how you can help them. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are so concentrated on the customer acquisition and the lead generation, and they're not realizing customer retention is a total separate thing that they should also be focusing on. Because at the end of the day, it's more expensive to go acquire a new 
client than it is to keep one that you already have. And you have to know that retaining a customer is way more than just a transaction and deliverables that you're giving to your clients. It's about a relationship. I mean, really research shows out there that building a relationship with a client is much like building a relationship, like a relationship with a friend or a lover. We have to really have that good onboarding process where we are able to solidify that client and build up that brand loyalty. Well, it's also too, it's like if you're constantly bleeding clients and you have to replace those, like that's exhausting too. We talked about this yesterday on our live about almost de-stressing is really important as a business owner and being resilient is incredibly important, but it's hard to be resilient when you constantly have to be going to find new clients. That's just exhausting to have to do that. It's exhausting and customer retention is not just one person's responsibility. It's the whole team. It's the customer service. It's the sales. It's the production. It's the people delivering the marketing side. It's everybody within the company. I mean, every step of the way, every touch point that you have with that client, it's every single person's responsibility to up that retention. Well, you know, this is all sounding really great, but I can't get past friends and lovers. (laughs) (laughs) I actually heard the lover piece and I was there's a show and it's like the girl goes my lover Cindy. It's true. It is true. Well, it's so here's what I say about that. Any relationship, you can't just like set it and forget it. Like you you land the client and then it's like okay, well now we're we're married and we're together and like forget you and that's the end of that. Like that's not how it works. Onboarding is a really critical process of it. Tanya, talk to us a little bit about your onboarding process with the agency side. And I mean they're kind of similar in a way. So why don't you talk about that and dive into that? Yeah, I find the smoother the transition can be from the sales side, that first contact that you have with a client into the onboarding, the better. So really documenting on a sales call or that first touch point you have with that potential client, some really, really good in-depth notes so that when you have that onboarding meeting and they meet the rest of the team, everybody's in the loop. I mean, I suggest recording the call if you can, if not, like really, you know, thorough notes. And then from our onboarding, where I think it's important to have proper communication of the way that they like to communicate, the way that your team communicates, you know, the expectations. I mean, we've made this mistake before in our business, not putting forth proper expectations for the client. Just really walking them through every step of the way. Very good follow-up with every single meeting. We send them talking points on on what was done in the meeting, what next steps are. We're always checking in with our clients. We have very good communications with them. But I find that the most important part, I think, is that transition from them being a sales core prospect into the onboarding and making them feel like the team is in the loop. I find that's not a good way to start a relationship when a potential client feels like they're repeating themselves in the conversation they already had. I have found through all the coaching through the decade, over a decade that I've been in it, I think the number one thing that people crave, especially, and this is true in business too, is getting got, being understood, being heard. And I think that's something we do so well. And I'm still relatively objective. I'm not that objective anymore. I'm, I'm in the crew, but that is something I've noticed that- we talk about speeds implementation, but one of the layers inside of that is we, we're able to really get clear on that customer, their needs, what their struggles are, what the challenges are, what they're trying to accomplish and show that we get it. We're able to do that really rapidly because we really hyper-focus on them early and fast. And I think it, it just bonds the relationship. It's one of the reasons that we've been successful in retention. We really get our clients. And I've talked about this before. Sometimes I go to networking events, not 
to get new clients, not to network with other people, but also to network with my actual clients. So a lot of times when I know my clients are going to be a certain conference, I'll go to that conference and I'll set up dinner or I'll do a meet and greet and I'll take all my clients that are there. Like I just did this in December and I had 12 of my clients there and I was like, okay, great. I took everybody out. That solidified a stronger relationship with our clients. Those are the types of things you have to do because it is really relationship based, but you have to find the balance too, because you know, on the coaching side, sometimes we get too close to our clients where they start considering us friends and then their expectations start to rise so much higher because we've built such a solid relationship. It's to the point sometimes we've given business to our clients and I actually am putting a halt to that moving forward because it creates this gray area where they feel they can talk to you a certain way, that you're their friend, and and then they have these ridiculous expectations. So you have to find, we've actually had to let clients go that became too close to us. And it's unfortunate, but it just doesn't work in my opinion. That's such a good point. Those blurred lines, the coach and client relationship, the advisor and client relationship is is definitely a certain dynamic. And if it morphs into something that's more peer to peer, some people don't have the ability to manage both relationships and hold them as separate and, and complete the way they are. It is, it's a very nuanced, that's when you know you're a master coach, Alexa, when you, when you get that and you see that and you're able to manage that and, and know when it's important to cut off one form of a relationship and only have the other. Yeah. I mean, when you're so engaged in one customer, it's like, it's kind of like, sometimes it's hard when you're starting out, you have to charge less money. And unless you set the expectation of like, hey, this is an intro price, or this is a cheaper price than I normally charge, like you're gonna have to pay more in the future. What happens is you start to grow your clientele. And I mean, at one point we were charging 2,500. Now we have clients paying 15,000 a month. And so now they're paying literally, you know, six times the rate. And so now that $2,500 a month client becomes not as attractive to us and we're putting the same amount of effort. So we have to make hard business decisions and either say, hey, you have to come up on, on what you're doing or we have to let you go as a client because it now kind of dilutes our attention. And when you have too many clients, and this is why high, high ticket works because you and take less people and spend more time on your clients and give them more attention, which allows you to essentially give a better service, give more attention and give personalized attention. So I think it's another thing to look at. If you have too many small clients, that's why I like the, the lower ticket stuff to me, I struggle with because we can't spend time with all of our low ticket folks. And I don't feel I really know them. And I don't really feel like I've built relationships like we have with our high ticket clients. And it's harder to make them sticky. Yeah. And, and talk about stickiness. I mean, if we want to talk about the bottom line in your company, and you're talking about customer retention, you have to know those higher ticket clients are those very happy clients that you're building those relationships with. They That is a positive word of mouth marketing for you. So that, that loyal customer base is going to refer their friends, their family, other brands that need your services. Customer loyalty, it can increase the rep your revenue by 25 to 95%. Customer loyalty and customer retention and them referring clients can increase your revenue by 25 to 95%. So think about that the next time that you're, you're, you're going to lose a client. <laughs> and every time you go to acquire a new client, it costs- Those numbers are staggering, huh? Yeah. And every time you go to acquire a new customer- it can be anywhere from five to 25 times more expensive 
than holding on to that existing client. Well, crazy. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. That's that that's lifetime totally crazy. You know, like it's one thing, a lot of people count the lifetime value to Tanya's point. They count the lifetime value of like, this is how much revenue, you know, that I'll be able to generate from this client relationship over the course of time. But they're not looking at the expense of what it costs to acquire necessarily over time. And if you lose them in the customer journey and have to bring them back or try to bring them back or even more, like you said, you lose. I put this post up the other day. I was like, when you when you lose that relationship or you break the trust or something happens, you're not just losing that client. You're losing access to their whole network. You've just lost, you know, it's like dominoes, like whoever's in their network, potentially, not necessarily, but potentially, because if they're not happy and they go out and share that they're not happy, it's, it's important. So that's a good point, Deb. So if they're not happy, so another tip to be able to retain your clients is to get that customer feedback, sending out monthly surveys. And, you know, I know it could be scary, right? Sometimes I I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs kind of shy away because they like don't even want to know. But honestly, it has made us so much stronger and better to know what are the things that we need to improve on? You know, what are the things that we need to do to, to really retain our clients more and to increase that lifetime value of our clients? So definitely meeting that client where they are and really gathering that customer feedback, I think is really important in customer retention. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I feel like we we ask too much. We're constantly asking for feedback and surveys and we're, um, even on the call, we'll, we'll ask clients what they think. And you know, I think it's really important and we're not perfect, but the thing about us that I think really helps with retention is we're not afraid to admit when we're wrong or when we fail or when things not working. And I think clients really like that. They like transparency. They like honesty. We always feel like, oh, we've got to hide things. No, just come out and just say, hey, we fucked up or this is messed up or this didn't work. Like the other day, one of our clients, the client was like, we launched the website in two hours later. He goes, hey, send me the analytics. And I was honest. I go, to be honest, we dropped the ball on it. We forgot to put the code on the site because we changed the URL last minute. Long story. And we, I just owned it. And he was like, no problem at all. Like, it's fine. And like, he he appreciated, he goes, glad we caught it early. You know, and then I wrote, glad you caught it early, right? You know, and gave him credit for it. So, you know, what I find is customers want to feel like they're a team with you and that you're in it and that you care about their business as much as they do. And there are very few people like us, I feel out there that genuinely care about their clients just as much as the clients care about their own business to the point where like Deb, Tani and I text every night to like, you know, the wee hours of the morning about our clients because we care that much. And and they hear that and they feel that, you know, they feel that. Yeah. I think trust is the number one key to any relationship, you know, friends, lovers, or clients. <laughs> number one yeah and meeting that client where they are when you meet them where they are they feel related to they feel on the same page on the same level right like and and then you know supporting them from there so i love that well and when we own it like that like they're they they recognize that we're not going to hold back we're not going to hide anything we're transparent like we're very very much what you see is what you get too. Like there's not multiple versions of us. When we show up as partners and advisors in a marketing role, we really are that. We're an extension of their team. We feel like it's our company too. And so, and I think like you said, Tanya, meeting them where they are and then getting on board with that is one of the ways we establish trust early. And then the feedback and being willing to own when things go wrong. The other thing I noticed too coming in is that we're 
great at being flexible. So many agencies or consultancies or advisors are like, here's the list of deliverables. Here's what we're going to do. And that's it. And it's like too rigid. So you have three revisions. Like I get as an agency, you, you don't want to take, get taken advantage of, but at the same time, like you can't expect to always hit it out of the park and you're not going to sometimes. And like when you're too rigid, it just doesn't work. Well, that's I, I love that point, Deb. It's such a good point. That's the difference between being just, just a quote unquote, just an agency and actually coming in as a partner. And that's how we think about it. We think about it like a partnership and like, and how just today, like in our meeting this morning, right, Tanya, like we had, Hey, so-and-so needs this. And by the way, can we help them with this? And they've got this issue and it's not necessarily within the scope of the work that they signed on for, but there are, we're, we're their advisors, we're their partners, we're their marketers. And so if it matters to them, it matters to us. And we find a way it's, it's, I love that. about it. And I want to add one more point before we end this. And it's also about the sales process. And we didn't talk about this. Like, I'll give you an example. Somebody just texted me. It's been a prospect for a really long time. And if if you've ever been on a sales call with us, we're not pushy. Like, we're about building relationships. We're not pushy. You either want to work with us or you don't. I'm not going to tell you you have a deadline of today. Like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, We have plenty of people that want to work with us. So for us, like, we don't need to be desperate. But there's a, there's a reason why this is important because so somebody just texted me was like, Hey, I would love to jump on the phone with you. I need advice. Normally most people would be like, all right, it's a thousand dollars, but I see the potential for something much bigger. And so for me, you know, she needs some advice. I'm going to hop on the phone. This is somebody that's referred people to us. She's absolutely a coaching client. If not, maybe a thing fuel agency client in the future. I, I care about building the relationship more than, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to charge you a thousand bucks. So like, again, this is an example of what we do with a lot of our clients. A lot of our clients, we've built really solid relationships with where they trust us because we already spent so much time in the sales process with them getting to know us. And that makes a huge difference in retention. And, and people feel like they can trust us, they can talk to us. And, and that's, to me, one of the most important things. Well, that that's relationship yeah. right there. That's what you're doing. So everything cut, boils down to just relationships. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, they always come because, like, look at the think tank client we onboarded, and I've been communicating with her for probably about two months now, and she's like, "You probably thought I crawled under a rock," and I'm like, "No, I mean it's fine." You know, I, I just kept sending her messages and kept following up, and eventually she joined us. Yeah, it's a process. And and so it all everybody that's listening, just hear us out it's about relationships. Everything in business is about relationships. So get good at relationship building, because that to me is the number one key. Everything to sales, to retention, to networking, to building uh, everything. Everything's about relationships, even with your vendors, right? It, it's your employees, like literally Everything is about relationships. So for everyone listening, if you want more podcasts, I hope that you enjoyed and got something out of this. You know, at the end of the day, there's so much to learn about customer retention. But for us today, it was really just to make sure you understand how important it is. We gave you some tips on how we do customer relationships and and retention. If you want more, you can go to thinkmillings.com. If you enjoy this, hit that subscription button and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Think Millions Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.